Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Edit audio. Hello and welcome to Confessions, a podcast by Cosmo where your secrets are safe with us. My name is Mia Lardier, and today I am joined by my guest co-host, Cosmos Entertainment Editor, Tamara Fuentes. Hi. Hi, Tamara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So in this podcast, we respond to anonymous confessions with help from a guest expert and try mm-hmm. to give some advice. Before we get into this week's confession, do you have something that you want to confess? Okay. This is going to sound a little creepy at first. I okay. promise you at the end, it's not so creepy okay, anymore. Okay. But I moved to a new house about a year ago. I finally bought my own place. Okay. And I am on the third floor and I have a perfect view of my neighbor across the street and they have their blinds open all the time. They uh-huh. also hardly sleep. I'm also a bit of a night owl. So okay. I get it. Same schedule. Yes, Exactly. So it's very fascinating when I'm trying to close my blinds at the end of the night. I have the perfect view of their television screen. Uh-huh. And as an entertainment editor, obviously, I need to know what they're watching. Right, of course. So I have become obsessed every single night with trying to figure out what is on their screen and what are they're viewing. I love it. Night. It's like a litmus test for who they are as people. Yeah, never met them before. No. But you know, I know their television tastes. Yes. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about what you see on these screens. Is it, what kind of shows are we seeing? I mean, it's so fascinating because... In the span of, like, 24 hours one time, like, the first night they were watching House of the Dragon. Sure. And the second night they're watching Bluey. Oh. Like, it's just a very interesting range. range. Yes, exactly. They have range. I love that. Do you think that they have children or, like, is they're just watching it because they love Bluey? I mean, like, that's – the more I talk with people, the more they kind of say that. Like, they have to have a child, right? Because I feel like some of the television programs that they're picking tends to skew that way. But also, like – Mm, House of the Dragon kind of cancels that out right, a bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I have no idea. But like, you know, Bluey's also for adults. So like, I'm yeah. here for it. The taste is real. The taste is real. I love that. <laughs> so let's get into today's confession. There are bad exes and then there are harmful exes. Unfortunately, today's discussion is focused on the latter. Our listener was stuck in a relationship with a person who, along with his family, went out of their way to rob her of her self-worth. Now that she's single and free, she's having trouble picking up the pieces from her time with this man. And heads up, this episode contains discussion of abuse. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is available 24-7 at 800-799-7233 if you or a loved one are in need of help. Okay, let's let the Confessions Robot read our listener's confession. I am still heartbroken over my ex who told me I didn't make enough money to be with him. He makes probably five times as much as I do. I'm not sure what he expected me to do. He was also very manipulative and emotionally abusive the two times we dated. For example, the second time I met his mom, he insisted I tell her that if we ever got married, I'd sign a prenup. His family never gave me a chance, and they were nasty to me all along. He always defended them and blamed me for how I reacted. It was a huge mess. Here's how we ended up dating two times. The first time, we dated for 10 months. After we broke up, He said he went to therapy and realized how he ruined our relationship. So I gave him another chance two months later. We broke up again three months later. I was too emotional about his family still sending me nasty text messages for no reason. I have a degree in psychology, and this is something difficult for me to understand. Please help me move on. Today our guest is Dr. Courtney Tracy. She is a USC-trained licensed psychotherapist and doctor of clinical psychology in California. 
She is also a multi-award winning mental health content creator known as the Truth Doctor with a global online community of over 2 million people. She specializes in creator mental health, borderline personality, substance abuse, and trauma, and has over 10 years of direct clinical experience. She's currently working on her debut nonfiction book titled Your Unconscious is Showing. She also hosts a hit YouTube show called The Truth Doctor Show and hosts her own podcast called Human First with Dr. Courtney, where she gets real with her listeners about what it's like to be a therapist with mental health disorders. Well, Dr. Courtney, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get too deep into this discussion, how do you define emotional abuse? That's a really great question. Emotional abuse is involved when your emotions get the best of you because of what other people are putting you through. Mm. As human beings, we all know that we have emotions and we know that other people have emotions. And when you think about physical abuse, what you think about is the body. You think about how the body is being harmed or hurt in some way with little care for the person or the mind that lives inside the body. When it comes to emotions, the same thing applies where it's your emotions are being harmed and being hurt with little consideration for the fact that you are a human being that's experiencing those emotions. Right, right. What would you say are the most common examples of emotional abuse that you see as a therapist? Well, I think something that's really interesting is I mainly work with people who have substance use disorders Mm -hmm. and people who are creators on social media or influencers. And so the two types that I see when it comes to substance use is that somebody will actually numb their emotions with substances. And then when they're not on the substances, their emotions will be really up and down. And mm-hmm. what will happen is the partners of those people will blame them for having emotional dysregulation and actually make their emotions worse and make them right. feel bad for it. And when it comes to content creators and influencers, they can experience emotional abuse from their communities. If they post something and they think it's funny or or something that is sensitive or vulnerable, they can get bombarded with emotionally abusive messages like, you should end your life, or you're really stupid, or this isn't something you should be sad about. Right. I think that is so interesting being so online and being on the internet. I mean, we're both editors and creators online. Have Tamara, have you ever kind of received any of that like hate on Twitter or wherever? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fascinating because especially being an entertainment editor, you know, you sometimes write about these celebrities and sometimes it might not be so much great news. Right. And so these celebrities also have fandoms behind them and they are very protective of the people that they tend to follow. So, you know, sometimes even as an editor, when you're just sharing the message of something, you tend to get some backlash on that too. So it's been a very interesting experience and something, not something thankfully very super common, but it is something that I have experienced in my couple of years of doing this. Yeah, Right. And Dr. Courtney, you mentioned something about um, emotional dysregulation too. And I think now more that we're talking about like ADHD and the neurodivergent spectrum, I think we hear that term a little bit more. Um, Can you just elaborate a little bit on what emotional dysregulation means and, Mm -hmm. and if whether you're ADHD and have an issue or have trouble regulating your emotions, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, on a fundamental level, when someone's having difficulty regulating their emotions, basically what it means is that their body and their brain are slightly out of their control. So we have a huge range of emotions that we experience from excitement to anger, to nervousness, to fear. And dysregulation means that when we are experiencing an emotion, first of all, we may or may not know that we're experiencing it. So that's the first thing to recognize is that we're always experiencing some type of emotion or feeling. If we can't put a label to it, that's really the first step to where it can become dysregulated. Yeah. And even if you are aware of the emotion that you're experiencing, the dysregulation comes into play when if you want to stop feeling it or you want to not feel it as intensely or you want to try to kind of hone that emotion in a more adaptive way, you're unable to do so Mm, because mm -hmm. the part of you that can think, the part of you that can relax has less power in the moment or in the current period that you're in in life in terms of how you function compared to your emotions in general. So your emotions kind of have the front seat And you're kind of in the passenger seat going, how am I going to get myself back on the right direction? 
I wonder if, um, you know, what are the signs of emotional abuse that might be over- overlooked, especially in partnered relationships? And why is emotional abuse so hard to recognize? Well, I think that there's different ways to think about the signs of emotional abuse. There are the signs of the person that's emotionally abusing you. And there's the signs where if you're the one being emotionally abused, how are these symptoms showing up for you? I think part of the difficulty of identifying emotional abuse comes into play when we think about things like gender roles, Mm -hmm. like hierarchies in marriages or even in families. It's where we take somebody's position that they have in our lives and we either say, I'm allowed to do whatever I want to your emotions because of who I am to you, or the other way around can be yeah, you're my mom, you're my partner, you're my sibling, you're my friend. So you must be right. You must be treating me correctly. Maybe I deserve to be treated like this, even though you don't. And so for someone that's being emotionally abused and may not know it, what that might look like is you start to sort of shut down your emotions because you start to believe that they're too much. You start to believe that you're too much. And so you kind of become more emotionless, feeling like you're doing something wrong when you're really just being a human being. Right. Yeah. I think it is really difficult when you've been, you know, in that position, especially you mentioned like a, you know, your mother or a parent, you know, you've been raised by those people. And so to be told your entire life that, you know, you're too much, your emotions are too much must be really difficult. And to, especially if there are authority figures in your life, you you also view them as right. Right. You know, the people that are necessarily teaching you about life and things. And so I feel like you would take that in a lot more personally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What would you say are like common personality traits that you see in abusers that, you know, people might overlook or tend to not notice? That's a good question too. And I think it really varies. I mean, we can think about the ones that are pretty apparent, somebody who is controlling, somebody who has a lot of neuroticism, which is basically someone who's on edge a lot, who's anxious a lot, who kind of really needs their environment to be controlled a certain way in order for them to feel stable. And so they will almost destabilize someone else for their own stability. Mm. And, you know, we can put in their narcissistic traits or narcissistic personality disorder where the person believes that they are superior to everyone else around them. And I mean, they don't actually think that, but they act like that to protect themselves and it ends up harming the other person. I would also say, though, something that goes less noticed and can be underneath the types of people I just mentioned are people who have been emotionally abused, Mm, people who mm -hmm. haven't been afforded the opportunity to learn about their own emotions and how to handle them. And so they're emotionally dysregulated, but they don't realize it. They only see it on the outside in other people. Mm -hmm. So they're able to identify it because they experience it too, but they blame the other person when they might actually be the reason that their partner's emotionally dysregulated to begin with. Yeah, like hurt people, hurt people is yeah. the is the phrase that I hear a lot. Yeah. Getting into this specific confession, and as we, you know, in all these confessions, we only have what we have in front of us. We don't have the full picture. Um, yeah. So a lot of this is going to be speculative, and we want to be super careful about that around a, a situation like this where there was emotional abuse, abuse involved. But this person's ex telling her that she doesn't make enough money to be with him feels like a pretty big red flag to brush under the rug. This also comes with another like plethora of uh, manipulative tactics to make her feel small. Um, What do you think her ex was trying to get out of her by making her feel so incompetent by saying that? Well, reading this so much came up for me. And I think it's important that we even just start with the first line and we realize that these are two very different human beings that Mm -hmm. grew up in different ways. So I'm still heartbroken over my ex who told me I didn't make enough money to be with him. That in itself is a really important statement because what that's saying is that her ex had a very specific view on money and mm-hmm. to a degree his emotions were attached to the his concept of money. Yeah. And so the fact that he likely felt some type of emotion in relation to not having enough money or having his money taken away might yeah. have meant that her emotions were less important whenever he was feeling emotions around money. And likely for people who are really concerned about their monetary or financial status in the world, it's likely because they have 
grown up with the belief that maybe money's more important than their own emotions. And so now they're pushing that into their relationships as well. Interesting. I'm fairly curious about this because obviously a lot of what we're talking about now is how much the abuse is tied to emotions. But in this case, it's also tied to money. So how separate is that from monetary abuse as well in terms of this specific scenario? Yeah, I would say that, you know, emotional abuse is going to be a push and pull, a harm and hurt directly in relation to the emotions. Monetary abuse or financial abuse will be harm or hurt and give and take when it comes to the actual dollar amount that someone has. And so when we Mm. think about something like manipulation that can be attached to emotional abuse, that can look like gaslighting. You know, it can look Mm -hmm. like making the person believe that they shouldn't feel the way they feel because what they think happened didn't happen. Right. And that, if you know, that key word is feel. And then when you think about it in financial abuse, it could be, well, you never had that money inside your account to begin with. I don't know what you're talking about. And so we're really, they're playing with the money versus playing with the mind. And separate from that, I'm, I'm curious also, what would you say are the common manipulation tactics that are seen in relationships? Not necessarily just this one, but overall, you know, even things that we might see in this version, in this story. It really varies. The human capability of being manipulative towards another human being is vast. And it really depends on what's going on in each specific relationship. But I think fundamentally what it comes down to is someone's ability to manipulate someone's emotions, Mm -hmm. someone's actions, or someone's thoughts. And those can look really different. So manipulating someone's behaviors can be actually kind of manipulating their emotions and saying, like, you're not allowed to leave the house because if you did, then I would feel so alone and I need you to stay with me. And so the person starts changing their behavior socially, for example. Right. And then when it comes to thought processes, it could be, if you think that or say that about me again, then I will. Mm-hmm. And so then the person starts to change the way they think maybe about themselves or their partner or the world. And then emotional abuse can look like convincing you that you shouldn't feel mad if they don't come home at night, that you shouldn't feel upset that they're hanging out with certain people or that they're not hanging out with you. And so manipulation is really just convincing someone to a degree against their will to believe more so what you believe or not do something that they might otherwise do if you weren't convincing them not to. Yeah, it sounds like it's a very like slippery slope, like one could lead to the other it's a very hard thing to navigate, especially as the victim. Um, And I want to talk about the psychology of this kind of relationship and an abusive relationship in this particular instance, an emotional abusive relationship. Our reader admits that even though she is like a smart person and someone well-versed in psychology, it's hard for her to wrap her head around why she can't move on from this relationship. So what happens to your brain in an abusive relationship and how does your reality become distorted? If we are in a relationship with someone, there's a part of us that wants to be with them, or at least a part of us that wanted to be with them in the beginning. And so what we told our brain when we got into these types of relationships, when we were in the honeymoon phase or whatever it was, was this is good for me. This is going to help me survive. This is fun. I feel like I'm in love. I'm being treated so well, let's say, in the beginning. Right. Your brain your brain doesn't like to be wrong. Yeah. So over time, once an, a relationship can turn into being emotionally abusive, your brain doesn't forget about the good times. Your brain doesn't forget about the fact that at one point or even still, your safety and security depends on this relationship. And yeah. so you can get not only wrapped up mentally, but you can get wrapped up financially in terms of your physical safety, where you feel like you can't really leave these relationships, or you never really think about leaving them because it's so familiar to you already, or you're so beaten down that you don't feel like you're worthy to even leave or be in another relationship. The amount of times I've heard my clients tell me when they're in abusive relationships that their partners say, no one else is ever going to love you the way that Mm, I do. Yeah. Even if the person knows that they're not being loved the best that they can, they kind of read that or hear that as, this is the best I'm going to get. 
Right. And on top of that, they believe that they deserve only what they're currently getting. And so that's like where this manipulation can really come into play and it can really trap people into feeling like they should be getting emotionally abused because they aren't worthy of not being treated. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Like that. What would you say is like, it feels like there's a fine line almost between abuse and also not being compatible with somebody Mm. and those lines tend to blur especially in this situation so I'm kind of curious what would you say are the main differences between the two and how can someone be able to say no this is actually abuse it's not that just we're not compatible Mm. in this certain topic they are two very different things. So when you think about not being compatible with someone, you don't automatically think about the fact that you'll be disrespected, the fact that you'll be yelled at, the fact that you will be forced to only do things that they're going to want you to do. When we think about emotional abuse, all of those things are factors. And there are quite a few relationships where the two or more individuals aren't compatible And it ends up being an emotionally abusive situation because they don't realize that they're not compatible. They think this person is the person that I'm supposed to be with, but they aren't acting right. Mm. So now I need to treat them in a certain way emotionally so that they can start acting right. And oftentimes people are partners that decide that where they're like, I don't really like like this person, but... Maybe they think, but I can't get someone else either. So I might as well try to emotionally abuse this person to get them to be the type of partner that I want because the type of partner that I want probably wouldn't want me. Is that more of a fear, would you say, of being alone or is that more of a fear of losing control? I think it could be both. It really depends on the individual. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that this person, when they're asking you, you know, I have a degree in psychology, why can't I I understand this? And I think it's important to underline, and Dr. Courtney, you can probably elaborate on this, but being a victim of abuse doesn't mean that you're less smart than other people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It doesn't mean that you're not emotionally intelligent enough. I think I would argue, and Dr. Courtney, correct me on this, um, but, you know, someone who is more emotionally capable or wants to try and help someone who is acting that way or try to placate them might be stuck in a situation like this or a dynamic like this where they're actually trying to help in some way and it goes amiss. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I heard was that people often think that they're weak or they're stupid or they did this to themselves when they find themselves in emotionally abusive relationships. But the thing is, is that when we're being emotionally abused, our brain changes. Like we start to feel like all we should think about is how to survive, but only how to survive right in the moment that's happening right in front of us. And so we aren't thinking about how am I going to get out of this relationship? We're thinking, how am I going to get this person to stop yelling at me? Mm, And the frequency with which the person's being yelled at is the frequency with which they're only focused on the immediate moment and can't make a plan or even see what it is that they deserve. And Mm. when it comes to being in a situation where something's happening and you're unaware of it, I have a doctorate in clinical psychology Mm -hmm. and I just found out I was autistic in the beginning of this year. Wow. And so I think that that's really key to focus on as well because just as an example, 
I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder 10 years ago, and we used to believe that the primary basis for that was simply trauma. So Mm -hmm. I spent 10 years of my life thinking, this is what I'm going through. This is the Mm -hmm. label of it. And this is why I'm experiencing it. 10 years later, just this year, I find out, oh, there's a lot more that's going on underneath that's been going on. And I'm one of the people in this world that should have known that, right? Right. But what I don't do is I don't blame myself for it because I understand how my brain works and just how the human brain works. When you're in an active situation with a belief already about what that situation is and how you got there. So when I think about this confession and it's saying, I have a degree in psychology and this is something difficult for me to understand. Part of what we need to realize is that in order to really understand something, of course we can feel it emotionally, but then we also go through a cognitive process where we think about it and analyze it and understand it. And when we're being emotionally abused or when we're in traumatizing situations, that part of our brain that can do that turns off. Mm. because the emotional and survival parts of our brain are saying, again, I'm in this immediate moment and I need to resolve it. And the only thinking that I'm going to do is to solve this immediate problem. And so it's not that someone's not smart. It's not that they're weak. It's not that they're incapable of finding and seeing the truth. It's that they're so blinded by what they're experiencing or by the story that they've already been told over and over and over again, that they have a blindfold on, but they're not the ones that put it there. Interesting. Would you say that then abuse is a lot more common than we might think? And just how common would you say abuse is in relationships? I think that people really underestimate what they deserve in relationships. Mm. And I think that, you know, really abusive relationships are often magnified, even when it comes to the media. We see abusive relationships and we think, oh my God, that person got pushed down a flight of stairs. Oh my God, that person got attacked in an elevator. And that's, you know, more physical abuse or even in the context of text messages that come out about celebrities with their partners. And so we're able to see, we see these very outward examples that are labeled as emotional or physical abuse. And we think, well, my relationship's not that bad. And so we underestimate how we're being treated. And we think, well, well, and we know a lot about our partner, right? And so we can excuse their behavior more so than even if we heard that same behavior happening in a friend's relationship. We may say, that right. is crazy. You should get out of that relationship. You shouldn't be treated like that. And then we go home and allow ourselves to be treated the same way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, this person ended up going back to this this boyfriend that was emotionally abusive? You know, is that more common that people who are emotionally abused, physically abused will come back to their abusers? And what what are the ways that that happens? Is it that people claiming that they'll change further manipulation? How does that happen? It can happen for many different reasons, but a few of the common ones are like the example that we're seeing in this confession. He said that he went to therapy and he understood his actions. That is the most common reason why Mm -hmm. somebody will return into these types of relationships. Again, because the brain loved that person. The mind felt good with that person. And so we think, oh, maybe now I can just have the good parts of this relationship. But also, sometimes we want to fix people. 
Sure, yeah. Sometimes they don't go to therapy. And sometimes they're just sad that they're not with us anymore. And we kind of have this complex of, I want to be with this person. And so now I'm going to be able to change this person. We don't know the full reason why this individual got back with their partner, but we do know that to a degree, they were given some type of outside influence going to therapy and Mm -hmm. saying that I've changed. Could it be that our reader in particular was cut off from her support systems as a result of all of this manipulation? And that might be another reason why she continues to go back to him? You know, it's definitely not something to assume based on the information that we have. But what I can say is that it sounds like she has some ability to know what it is that she does and does not deserve. Mm. And part of what makes me think that is when she says, we broke up again three months later, I was still too emotional about his family still sending me nasty text messages Mm. for no reason. And so it might not be that this person was cut off from her support system. It might be that she had one with family or friends where she knew these text messages aren't coming from people that say that they love me. And if I'm going to be in this relationship with this person who has this family and I'm being treated completely differently than these other people in my life are treating me, then obviously something is going wrong. Now, in emotionally abusive relationships, it is really common for the person who wants emotional control over the other partner to isolate them. Mm. to reduce their support system. And often because that support system is saying, you really don't deserve to be treated like this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Can she also be wanting to regain some of that control herself in some ways of trying to appease this family, of trying to find a way to get them to like her in particular? Is that something that also may be at play here too? You know, you can't see it in the confession, but what I can say is that as human beings, we want to be liked. We want to know why someone thinks something negatively about us. And, you know, when I think about it, let's say in the context of like online comments or something, we're not taking everything anyone has ever said negative about us and wanting to try to get them to not think negatively about us fundamentally. But when it comes to people that are close to us, that we're in relationships with, it harms us and it affects our self-image and it makes us think, I mean, I need to take a moment. Am I like this? No, I'm not like this. So now I kind of want to go and figure out why is it that you think this about me because my mind won't let it go. And again, we can't speculate too much about this this person, her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend. I would hope that most in-laws wouldn't, you know, their first reaction isn't to call their son or daughter's um, or child's partner, whatever this person was calling them. Do you think that like that kind of also the family dynamic could also be putting something into play here with that emotional abuse? Yeah. When people are manipulative and emotionally abusive, you know, we're not born like that. And often we either have been treated like that, or we've seen these behaviors work to the advantage of somebody right. somewhere that had something that we want. 
Money obviously is something that's important to this family, to the partner's family. And I think it's important to acknowledge that there's many reasons for that, right? It could be a family where they truly prioritize financials over emotions flat across the board. And that could be what's underneath this situation. It could also be that maybe this person's parents had a bunch of money. Maybe they had a financial advisor that took all of their money or something, and they worked for decades to make their money back, to have it for their child. And so now they're sort of hypervigilant about the money, and it has become the most important thing to them when it never used to be. And so now it's even more volatile because now Mm. there's a lot of risk behind it. Mm, And so the risk of being affected financially becomes more important than the risk of affecting someone else emotionally. And so it definitely matters the reason why to a degree, because the reasoning of why it's happening still does not make it okay. Exactly. What if you can't find out the reason why? What if you are so shut out looking at this situation in particular? You know, it seems like they're not even giving her the chance to be able to get to know them. What happens then? You know, is there any way to actually be able to look and kind of see a reasoning behind it? And is it worth it to try to find it? Yeah. Yeah. That statement, his family never gave me a chance and they were nasty to me all along. It ate me up. He always defended them and blamed me for how I reacted. It was a huge mess. The first thing that comes up for me when I see that is that they have something going on that prevents them from seeing people as people. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. If you shut someone off immediately without really knowing them, then there is something that you already know about them that makes you see them as not worthy immediately. And that is a very small perspective to have on life. And so if you are in a position where you aren't given a chance, whether that's from a partner's family, from a partner themselves, from a job, really from anything where you're like, you didn't even get to know me and you just judged me and now we're in this situation and I feel like crap about it. Right. It's important to realize that what's going on in the individual that's literally not giving you an opportunity to show up as you are and just assume who you are means that they probably are so limited in the things that they actually experience in their life. And and that's really detrimental for them. As much as it can be detrimental for you, you have the opportunity to say, I'm so glad that I am more open to getting to know people in the world compared to this person Mm -hmm. or this family. And you can sort of build yourself up while at the same time acknowledging they just tried to break me down and it made me feel terrible. Right. It's kind of sad to look at it that way when you're finally able to look at the mirror and say, you know, I was able to come out of this and be a more emotionally available human who sees people as people. And it kind of goes back to the what we were talking about before of like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And in this aspect, it's also a hurt family and seeing how it also affects, Mm. you know, this current generation of this family. It's kind of fascinating. And it's obviously causing hurt to this person. Right. Yeah. Right. So Dr. Courtney, coming out of this relationship, our listener sounds like she is a little bit lost and needs a little bit of help in the next few steps in the healing process. So what is a, uh, a healing process, um, whether in therapy or outside of therapy, however you're able to cope, what does that look like after you exit an abusive relationship? I think that the first thing to pay attention to, which is what I've said to my clients for many years getting out of this relationship, is often when you leave a relationship like this, sometimes the advice is make a cons list, like all the reasons why this relationship or this person wasn't good for me. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that there were, like I mentioned earlier, there were pros and positives in that relationship too. Mm -hmm. And it's those that will make you return to the relationship. So instead of making just a cons list, it's important to make a pros list and a cons list. And then to look at the pros and think, how can I fulfill these pros through myself or through other healthy people in my life so that I don't feel like they're lacking and return to this relationship? Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that I think is advice people don't usually get is what did you love about this relationship? Because it could make you go back to it. The second thing is to realize that 
when you're in a relationship with someone, your perspectives and your beliefs and your opinions about relationships, love, respect, friendship, camaraderie, safety, security, those all change and shift. And obviously that was something that was happening in this relationship where he had a very particular perspective on money and she didn't. And there wasn't, I mean, seemingly, and there wasn't this sort of molding where she, you know, was saying, oh yeah, I'll sign a prenup right away. And yeah, whatever, your money's your money. That, That clearly didn't feel good to her. So it was kind of good that she was able to hold her boundaries there for sure. But I think when we're leaving these types of relationships, it's important to reflect on how do I value money? What is my perspective on love? What do I think respect when it comes to emotions and relationships look like? And so it's a redefining of what it is that you deserve the next time you get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that can be done in a therapeutic setting. If you feel like, you know, you're even someone with a degree in psychology that's feeling lost or trapped, it may, you know, not be the easiest thing to go online and just read more psychology articles or something. For example, you might want to work with someone who can help you see the things that you can't see immediately. But other people can help you do that depending upon how old you are or how long you've had other relationships in your life, close family members, close friends. They can also reflect back to you who you really are. Mm. And it's likely that they saw your light dim throughout the relationship to begin with. And maybe, you know, we were ignoring that advice for a while because of the pros in our abusive relationship. But once we're out of it, we usually become more open to hearing what it is that they've been trying to say all along. I think it's really fascinating, like the whole concept of a pros and cons list. But what would happen if, for example, this is your one con? Like you might be so in love with this person or so maybe blinded by a person that you can only see this as the one con. What would you do then? Or what would you say for someone to do then? Emotional abuse can kill you mm-hmm. and you're worth more than that. And I think that that's really what it comes down to. If you think about, I don't know why this popped up in my head and it's kind of strange, but imagine like a salad that you're trying to eat, right? But you're allergic to nuts mm-hmm. and there's nuts in it. You're not going to eat it because you don't want to die. Right. And so I feel like it's kind of the same situation where it's like you decide what's worth it. Yeah. And there will be people who decide this salad's so good, I'm going to eat it anyways and deal with the consequences. You'll probably stop eating that salad eventually because you're not going to feel the rest down the line. It's really going to start to affect you. And so if that really is the only con, it's probably going to be more difficult for people to say no. But every time they're saying yes to their relationship, they're saying no to themselves. And so you have to ask yourself, who am I supposed to be saying no to and why? Right. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think, you know, obviously she came back into this relationship. And I feel like from what I've seen in other people who have been through abusive relationships, whether physically or emotionally, the journey out of that relationship never feels linear. And it, like many journeys, there are ups and downs. There, there are going to be hard moments where you want to go back to that partner. Or as you said, Dr. Courtney, remember the good times and remember the good things that yeah. that felt good. I feel like it's important for this reader to in listener to also have grace with herself coming out mm-hmm. of this and realize that this is not easy and that, you know, being in this and being in this very narrow view for a long time can really, you know, distort how you feel about yourself, about other people. Yeah. And I like Dr. Courtney too, what you said about having let's say someone isn't able to go through therapy in a counseling setting, isn't able to afford it. Having that that cons list, maybe sharing it with someone that you mm-hmm. you trust and having like an accountability partner that can tell you, you know, you're kind of off track here with yeah. this person that you're seeing or I noticed X, Y, Z. But, you know, I think there would, are there any other tips that you would give to someone who isn't able to do afford or be able to attend traditional therapy? I mean, something that's coming up for me as I just reread the confession is that it's pretty badass that she knows she shouldn't be treated yeah. like this. yeah. And just across the board, I think if she could really acknowledge that, it would make her feel so much better. Like to leave a relationship and then to go back into it and leave sooner than you were in it the first time Mm -hmm. is progress. I mean, 10 months the first time, three months the next time. It's like, girl, you just saved yourself seven months of torture. 
you know? And that is amazing. And so I think another thing that's important is, of course, you have friends, you have family, you have the ability to sort of introspect and, and have a different perspective of your life and of yourself. I also think it's important that when you get into this next relationship, that it's less than three months. You went from 10 to three, maybe the next time you will know what to look for and be able to save yourself the heartbreak. Yeah. Whether you're in an abusive relationship or otherwise, it feels like sometimes people want to rush to the next relationship Mm. because that will clear out any of the bad. But as they say, you know, it's always important in the meantime to focus on you and, you know, what you learned. Yes, yes. When it comes to the pros list, Mm -hmm. it's so important to not say, now I have the pros list, I'm going to go find another partner right away to fulfill that. That is not the way to use the pros (laughs) list. (laughs) That is not the way to use it. (laughs) So Dr. Courtney, you've given us a lot of really good advice during this episode, and I really want to pinpoint some advice points here that we can help give our listeners um, who might be either watching a friend in an abusive relationship or a family member, um, or they themselves might be identifying that they're in an abusive relationship. So I'm wondering, can you help us provide some steps? First, if you are in an abusive relationship and you're realizing that it's time to step out, what are the first steps that you would um, advise someone to take to exit that relationship? Well, if you've recognized that you are in an abusive relationship, then that is absolutely the first step. If you are in a relationship that you think might be abusive and you're not sure, then you can definitely find a lot of that information online, just making sure to pay attention to some reputable sources. Or if you have friends, family, or professionals you can go to, that's important too. So obviously recognizing is the first step. The second step is realizing that you deserve safety and coming up with a safety plan. Obviously, we're talking about emotional abuse here. That can hurt as badly as physical abuse. It may not be as dangerous as physical abuse, but regardless, it's important to have a safety plan. Mm -hmm. And what that can look like is knowing the worst that it's ever gotten, knowing if there's ever been a threat for it to get worse than it's ever gotten, and knowing ways to protect yourself in the instance where you feel like that next step might happen Mm -hmm. or even the worst was already bad enough. On top of that, I think once you recognize it, you come up with a safety plan, then it's making sure that part of that safety plan is a support system. It's making sure that other people know that you're about to decouple and break away from a relationship that you've probably been really wrapped up Mm. in that's really going to upset the person that you're leaving because they want to control you emotionally and you're about to take your emotions back. That isn't going to go well, likely. So recognizing safety plan, support system, and then it's just really giving yourself time to heal. Mm -hmm. And we already kind of gave one example of that earlier, which is not jumping into another relationship because wherever you go, there you are. And just because you weren't the cause of your emotional pain doesn't mean that you're not going to bring that emotional pain with you into the next relationship. So that's really important to remember as well. Yeah. What about if you're a friend in the situation, if you see that your friend is struggling with this, what are some steps that you can take to help them out? The first step, I think, is to realize that there may be hesitation for your friend to listen Mm, to you. Or they may be so happy that you're saying something because they weren't sure and now you're seeing what they're seeing. But because you don't know, maybe you know. If you know, go for it. (laughs) If you aren't sure how your friend is going to respond, it's important to remember that there are pros in that relationship or they are so scared in that relationship that, you know, those could be two reasons that they might not listen to you right away. It's not like they're choosing not to listen to you, but they might not actually hear you Yeah, Yeah. because there's so much else going on for them. It's keeping an open mind and letting them know that you're there for them. One thing that I say to my clients, and usually this is, you know, when someone is using substances a lot and the person's like, I don't want you to be using them as much. It's a very similar situation substances abuse your body just as much as abusive partners can abuse your emotions. And it can be easy to not want to be told that we're doing something wrong. And that doesn't mean that you don't hear the person. So when the person says like, I hope that you stop using substances, I'm here if you want to, it's not like their ears turn off. You know, it's not like you're going to go to your friend and you're going to say, I'm here for you if you ever want to get out of this relationship. Hmm. 
it's not that their ears turn off, but they may act like they're not going to take your advice. Right. But if they ever get around to feeling the same way that you did, they'll remember that you said yeah. that. And so the first thing is to know that it's worth saying something cautiously because you don't know what's really going on on the back end. And if you really want to be there for them, then you should tread lightly because if they've been so emotionally manipulated that they believe that anybody that says something bad about this relationship is bad for their relationship, then they might push you aside when they really don't mean to because of how manipulated they've been. Yeah. I also think that it's important that if you ever do get to the point where your friend is willing to have a conversation with you about that emotionally abusive relationship, that you don't assume what it is that they need and you mm. don't assume the steps that they need to take. Yeah. And so maybe the most helpful thing for them when they start interacting with you about what's going on is just to listen. Maybe the best thing for them is to empathize with them and to let them know that they aren't alone in just feeling upset about somebody or something making them feel terrible. Yeah. Or maybe they want problem solving right away. Maybe they're like, I didn't want to say anything to anybody because I was embarrassed, but now you know. And so can you please help me right away? Yeah. Do they want to vent? Do they want to be empathized with? Or do they want your help problem solving? You won't know. And so going in knowing that there's multiple options yeah. and not trying to push what you think is best is my mm. best advice. Yeah. I think it's a very brave step, too, to try and help someone. You know, I just know people yeah. who simply don't like their friend's partner. They don't have to be abusive. They just don't yeah. like them. And there's so many discussions <laughs> yeah. around, should I tell that friend that I think that their boyfriend is trash or that yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're better yeah. than that? And even that is like, you know, debating oh, well, am I going to lose this friendship because my friend isn't ready to hear that or something? So, you know, it's, I feel like it's a very right. brave step to do that, especially in an abusive situation. It is. Well, Dr. Courtney, this has been wonderful. We really appreciate all of your, your advice and tips here. Uh, this is a very loaded situation, and we hope mm -hmm. just this listener is finding a better path on their way out. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Fake Cosmo Confessions is made in collaboration with Edit Audio. I'm your host, Mia Lardier. This episode was produced by Mia Lardier, Ali Sirwa, and Maria Passingham. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Ali Sirwa. Thank you to our production manager, Kathleen Speckert, and our executive producer, Steph Colburn. As always, thank you to the whole Cosmo and Edit Audio teams for their time and input. And an extra special shout out to our guests and to you for listening. Now, tell us your secrets. Link is in the show notes. Secrets, secrets are no fun unless you tell me one.